0: That is the Gold Cup hero.
1: Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see.
2: Relentless, remorseless, has
3: pounded Star into submission.
1: Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk. It's myself, Dean Ryan, uh, in the towers of bookmakers.co.uk. And uh, Nolan is here.
0: Hello, Dino. How are you, man?
1: I'm very good. I'm very good. It was, it was good to be back uh, last week, of course, with uh, with the wonderful Don McLean. And he landed some double, didn't he?
0: Absolutely, yeah. And it was like he actually prefaced that double with. Um... Don't laugh at me now <laughs> <laughs> And then he, yeah. he said down, which was like eight to one at that point, and then um in Violin who was and bigger game. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, and no, just a serious double butcher. That's why um that's why that's why Don's as busy as he is, Dean, and uh and you, you and, and I are still on this podcast. Yes. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, it was great to be Grace, man. Um, <laughs> I didn't take his advice. I did watch him win. Oh, I didn't do anything uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Um, congratulations <laughs> to him. But it was nice to be back and have a ramble ahead of the jump season. Uh, we brought two other people back on the podcast this week ahead of the November meeting at Shelby. The old brigade. Uh, the first one. Yeah. The originals. Exactly. The originals. <laughs> The first one I was going to introduce is uh, Stephen Gass. How are you?
2: Great. Flying lads, yeah. I love this weekend, so looking forward to it now. Thanks for having me on again. Ah, yeah.
1: It's a belter this weekend. The November meeting is always class. A couple of great punting puzzles to try and solve. Another man who's going to help us uh, get on with that task is uh, Paddy Asper, one of the busiest men in racing. Paddy Aspel, how are you?
3: Good afternoon, boys. How are we doing?
1: Very well, Paddy. Listening to your voice on lots of different places at the moment, you are a busy man.
3: Yeah, I kept going, thank God. But sure, you know, it's it's kind of it's a needs. Most otherwise, you'd just be up to no good.
1: <laughs> Idle hands. Good man, Paddy. It's good <laughs> to have you back on, um, Stephen and Paddy and Demo. And myself are gonna tackle the November meeting at Cheltenham uh, in just a moment. Um, there won't be any division of the Festival to discuss because all the trials are on this weekend. So we may as well talk about them and see what happens before we start uh, delving deeper into the festival as we go through the season. Um, but Dermo, I think we, we should cover off a few of the horses that ran uh, last weekend. One case in point we already slightly mentioned there was Envoy Allen, who had another crack at three miles and, and went to Down Royal and did the beast, business beat in a good yardstick in Kenboy. Uh, I'd like to use the phrase Envoy Allen is back, and I think I might be justified in using it.
0: Yeah, to a certain point. I mean, Ken Boy, um, Ken Boy his his star was waning last season towards towards the end. So we're not quite sure where it is. What Mboy Allen definitely showed was he stayed because Kenboy was hitting the line hard enough as well. Um, so mm. that that opens up an awful lot more possibilities for him. But rushing out to back a Gold Cup with this horse just yet? No, but delighted to see him back one hundred percent. Him horse that you know, I was definitely one of the the people that really big this horse up and thought he was the second coming. Um, and he well, he might not have reached those levels. Going back up on trip was was the common sense move as maybe last season. He, he just never looked quite comfortable over two miles. It probably could have been done quicker. But look, uh, they are there now. But I did the Brian Hayes article on Bookmakers UK, and Brian Hayes just wanted to point out that uh, it's a brilliant training performance because when a horse like Envy Allen starts to lose his confidence, it can be very hard to get that back again. So the Henry, Henry DeBromeda and his team really did a, a fantastic job. And Rachel... Blackmore getting a great ride but uh, delighted for him as far as the Grade ones go Dean I thought it was weak enough now Um, so as far as getting too excited about a gold cup just yet or King George or whatever else because it is great to see him go for the King George but I'm not sure how he'd live with an Alaho or even a Braveman's game so uh, really like the performance but I want to see more just yet
1: yeah, uh, similar comments came from uh, David Mullins, of course, with Tom Lee on that Festival Focus show on Bookmakers.com. Uh, do check that out. It was a kind of, maybe, want to see him do it again. Paddy, do you want to see him do it again over three miles, or is Enver Allen now a, a staying chaser to be reckoned with?
3: It was great to see him back winning, and I think more than anything, lads, I thought it was a great ride by Rachel, because he wasn't that convincing early doors, was he? Jumping wise, just took him a while to to find, find his rhythm, but... I would say the biggest angle to come in at Envoy coming back the other day was he just seems to love it round Down Royal, doesn't he? Yeah, you know he's, he's, no, he does. Yeah,
1: four from four, I think.
3: Yeah, he's, yeah. Un- he's unbeaten round there. But I mean, look, Ken Boy... Not going to knock him too much. He's just sort of really struggling to get his head in front. But he's not running badly, you know. Uh, But obviously, he's not getting any younger. But, yeah, maybe it wasn't an absolute vintage um, grade one. But nonetheless, it was definitely a step back in the right direction. But he's just got to tick the box and and go away somewhere else now and and produce a a performance like that.
1: Yep, quite possibly um, in the King George, Stephen Cass.
2: Yeah, he'd have absolutely no chance on the King George now. He needs to improve about 15 pounds. I, but you have to hand it to Henry with this horse because he got handed a horse that was running to about 145 with Gordon forever, never ran beyond that, never beat a horse that was any better than 140, really. And I think for Henry to, to get him into the low 150s like he ran on Saturday was a miracle. And well done, Henry, uh, absolute master trainer. Uh, but yeah, he's like the way he hung the form he ran to there beating a much, much uh, depleted Kenboy that that was an absolutely muck race and he won possibly the worst grade one ever ran in Ireland last Christmas as well so he's after winning two two poor grade ones and he's he's no chance in a King George the way he hung he won't stay um yeah forget about him
1: so you can't see my face now Stephen but I was a delighted you know racing passionate fan Envoy Allen is back it's all gonna happen for him you know long live the king and all that kind of stuff and you've just uh yeah you've wiped it off my face fair play fair play to you
2: <laughs> yeah, he is what he is. He's a good, solid one fifty-three <laughs> horse.
1: Okay, okay. For me, I hope he goes wings of King George and, and goes to the Gold Cup. It's not really based on I think he'll do it, just think it would be great. Um okay, Stephen, anything else from the weekend that caught your eye? There was lots of good ones out.
2: Yeah, um I thought American Mike showed he's a massive engine, didn't like his jumping very much at all. Um, but you'd think maybe the next day he'll probably go for that grade three. I think it's in Nace in a couple of weeks. Mm um didn't think that the bumper horse in the jiggins town sorry i can't remember his name uh didn't King think of he'd King be Fields. winning the Cheltenham bumper in terms of yep. Cheltenham, uh, looking ahead i don't think we saw any winners off the top of my head i'll give you one horse that i think should be backed from the weekend a uh, bit of a wild one now you'll be given out to me for talking about this but there was a horse called beginnings one at dundalk on friday night and she is a daughter of winter and she put up an unbelievable performance in a maiden, as good as I've ever seen. Winter won her maiden at Dundalk as well, before she went and won the Guineas. I think there's a 101 out there with one bookmaker, if you look for it. And I'll tell you, Shami's comments, I've never heard Shami so effusive about a horse. He said, she's a classy pedigree. She felt very classy. She's big, clear winded, has pace. And she galloped out through the winning post. She was very impressive. Without doubt, she'll be at least a stakes filly. Now, I've never heard Shami say that about a horse when they mm. won their maiden. So I'd go and take the 100 to 1 about beginnings for the 1,000 guineas that's out there.
1: Do you know what? I don't mind you doing that because that's that's some shout. Like if you were just carping on about Dundalk and something that ran some handicap or something. No, oh, the time uh, was we, sensational.
2: We, she was two seconds faster than the other maiden on the card. And she's she is a right joke.
1: Okay beginnings and uh, want to keep an eye out for the classics hundred to one out there it says Stephen Cass thank you that wasn't what I expected Paddy anything else from the weekend that caught your eye and um, we should throw into the mixer there were some good performances you had our dancer come and win uh, a Sefton you had Mighty Potter out and your Pied Piper out there were others
3: yeah and no, there was some good stuff um Maybe one that that many people mightn't have put in the notebook. I thought the winner of the bumper at Aintree, it was only a junior bumper, but a horse called the Logio, trained by Richard Bandy, who, you know, he's not had many runners of late, but he's operating nearly a 50% strike rate. But this horse bounced out and made all uh, under, you know, usual positive David Bass tactics, but he absolutely Mm. galloped these horses into the ground. I just thought for a three year old, it was some performance and. Just be interesting to see maybe what connections have got planned for this fella because he just wasn't stopping hitting the line and he lifts his knees good and high. So I think he'll cope with a bit of winter ground as well. And I just he might have just gone in under the radar and not, and not sort of got into many notebooks on Saturday. But Elogio definitely looks like a horse with, with plenty of ability.
1: A regular listeners to the race hour will know, know when Paddy Aspel talks about a bumper horse, it's one to keep in uh, mind. Uh, demo, anything else from you from the weekend?
0: Yeah, there was a horse on um, on Sunday at Cork and was one of the was the first performance this season that really just cocked my jaw altogether because a uh, lot of joy is a horse that's obviously very highly taught of Boffrey Sweden from Willie Mullins Camelot Mare to, you know, third and second in, in big flat handicaps and um, went into that race quite fit into a maiden hurdle, and I know the way you're thinking. Gavin Cromwell's horse gave that horse seven pounds, and like beat that really easily. Um, this horse to me now looks really good. Uh, like Supreme Novices Hurdle or, or a Royal Bond good, and um, mm. just just the way Gavin Cromwell had an old twinkle in his eye afterwards. Just that's a very good mare that that, that, that horse has has put into. Uh, it's not like he came into it with a load of experience either. Afterwards, you know, um, he just absolutely smashed that horse up. Uh, I think this horse is very, very good, and uh, I'm looking forward to see what uh, what limited his horse has theme. But uh, I know what you're. I know the way you're thinking is the first horse this season. Now that I'm, I'm properly, really, kind of getting giddy about.
1: Yeah, got a buzz out of it. Fair play. Um, there was a limited novices handicap chase at Aintree that caught my eye over the weekend. And it wasn't the winner, Dr. Ken, who I thought battled it out well from a horse that maybe slightly disappointed, which was Ryoko went off the even money favourite for for the Fry team. Um, it was hometown hero for the Skelton's. I thought it jumped lovely on a chase debut. I don't think they gave it too much of a hard time. Uh, it's not going to be in anything uh, at likes of a Cheltenham Festival. But I did think it was a very nice early jump in performance um, from a... Uh, from potentially a horse that will win a few races this season, based on uh, what I saw that day. There was some other great stuff, really enjoyed our dancer and things like that. Um uh, of course, Aintree and uh likes to dash or drasher and things like that, getting back on into the into the winner's circle. Very good. Um okay, before we um we get stuck into the real meat of of Cheltenham, of course, this weekend. Um, there is a card there on Friday. Some of you will be listening to this on on a Friday, so maybe some of this will have passed you by. But I am gonna ask the panelists here for anything they like on Friday, if you've caught up with us in time. Demo, why don't you go first?
0: Uh, Yeah, perfect, Dean. I've got three quick enough there. Um, First of all, the 110 conditional handicap hurdle. Um, Alvaro looks way too big a price for the McNamaras, who are a small yard, actually in good form at the moment, two seconds and a winner from the last six, which is always worth noting from a a small yard like that. But this is a decent horse, has uh, has been bumping into a few in Ireland, but has shown definite ability uh connor claims three off he's a smashing jockey and i think uh, really really good price here at, at around 16 to 1 or so um in the 220 the chris gordon yard is in unbelievable form this season 20 winners yeah. from 78 runs Um unanswered prayers has was decent last time and was unlucky under a young jockey just just kind of got bullied out of it so tom cannon back on there is a massive help i about three to one or so, but unanswered prayers to me looks, looks a, a really good bet. And then finally in the four o'clock, Hey Johnny, uh, I know he's favoring the big field handicap, but uh, one as he wanted last time for the Tom Mullins yard with, uh, with David's younger brother, Charlie on board, who looks absolutely incredible value for a seven. Um, this, this horse should take an awful lot of stopping. Uh, Charlie looks real a really classy young jockey. Um, so definitely there as well. Claiming seven pounds is just huge. So um, Alvaro, uh unanswered prayers and then hey johnny dean to uh, finish it all off
1: yep couple for the irish there early fancies on friday and uh one well, from the home team there with chris gordon what struck me at the previous Cheltenham meeting and it probably catches me unaware slightly every year and it really shouldn't do is that the irish just come over and mop up these early season races and they're not even the horses they're even considering uh, for the bigger meetings down the line this is a slightly better standard of uh, meeting uh Stephen friday yeah, there's one.
2: I'd, I'd have two or three, but uh, I'd say we're, we're running into time. And I'll just give you one that I probably fancy as much as Anthony the whole weekend. Uh, it's in the Ballymore trial, the 3.30 collector's item of John Joe O'Neill. Um, last year in a bumper, he was second to, we've all been caught, a Newbury bumper. Now, we've all been caught, hasn't ran over hurdles. He's 4-1. to one. Um, He was second beaten half a length, giving him three pounds that day. So they're pretty much the same horse and bumper form. Uh, collector's item then went to chepstow this season he he made a winning debut beating hugo's new horse they were miles clear of the rest um and he was kind of pumped along early in the race over two miles to step up and trips going to suit now i know john joe you know he kind of gives them time and slowly slowly catchy monkey with them but like this horse looks really good he's nine to one um we've all been caught is four to one and i just don't think there should be anywhere near the difference in price he's a he's a full brother to royal kahala this horse so the, the step up definitely going to suit um bet 365 are paying three places even though there's only seven runners here uh with the nine to one so anyone that listens to this on the thursday i'd say that is a fantastic bet
1: yeah, collector's item in that 3.30, banning more Novices Head Grade 2 on the Friday for Stephen Cass. Paddy, sorry, sorry just on... to make
2: one more point yeah. on, on that race. Uh, can, yeah. There's a load of talk about we've all been caught. I, I'd suggest you, uh, people go and have a look at that Newbury bumper because he's just about as big a horse as I've ever seen in my life. Uh, on the telly anyway, Paddy might know the horse or have seen him in the flesh. But uh, on debut at Cheltenham, No chance, I would say, you know, on on the old course. It's too tight turning. And that Hermes Allen, who's also at the top of the market, he looks an absolute rotten yoke. So that's another reason to really take the two of them on with this collector's item.
1: Love it. Thank you, Stephen. Uh, Paddy, have you seen that? We've all been caught in the flesh. Is it as big as Stephen recalls?
3: Yeah, he's a, he's a big boy. Uh, there's no doubt. And it'll be it'll be a, a big first day at school for him as regards hurdling uh, tomorrow. But it'll be nice to get a look at him. There's obviously plenty of raw natural ability there. But God, it, it, it would be a serious effort if he was to go in first time in that company tomorrow.
1: Right. Fair enough. Anything like you like on that card on the Friday, Paddy?
3: Well, there was one. Um, um the, I'm just interested that they're persisting. Uh, in that four o'clock, David Dunn is bringing over one, and he's put Robbie down to ride it. But she's yet to win a race of any description. But I'm just wondering why they're persisting with Skeptured Isle. That was a yep. that was a better effort, probably or by far her best effort. A Punchestown in the middle of October there with the first time hood and the tongue tie on as well. It, it, it's when you look, they, they rattled off three quick runs over hurdles in a month last october went on the flat then again um you know it's been pretty much hopeless this year but i'm just wondering why they're persistent rocks up tomorrow with a pretty light weight, albeit that the english handicapper is going to make a run off 100 but i'm just wondering why they're persistent he's a good operator david dunn and obviously robbie on board maybe just look at that because you're going to get stacks of of places in that race with so many runners
1: Yeah, there'll be plenty of concessions in that four o'clock on Friday. Sceptrid Isle uh, for the Duns, David and Robert Dunn, uh, in that finale on Friday. There was two that caught my eye, actually. I thought Monsieur Lecoq was an interesting, at uh, a big price, uh, in just a small field. There's only nine going to post for that Paddy Power handicap chase at one forty five. I know it fell the last day, but that was probably the race they were targeting. It was, uh, it was very early in um, in proceedings to come down. I do think Jane Williams might have a good weekend. I'm hoping that's the case. And uh, Monsieur Lecoq Uh, would be on my list. And in that um, veterans chase, uh, I doubt the Twist and Davis team will miss uh, too far with Ballyandy. Now, the market's agreeing with that. Probably got a favourite, but I do think uh, veterans chasing and Ballyandy will go hand in hand at Cheltenham this weekend. Okay, we're going to take a very quick break here. When we come back, it's straight into Saturday and Sunday at the Cheltenham Festival. You listen to the Race Hour podcast, of course, brought to you uh, with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk. You're listening to the Race Hour podcast, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk. Check out bookmakers.co.uk each and every day for tips, news and the best odds for horse racing. Looking for a new bookmaker and the best sign-off offers in the industry? You'll find that at bookmakers.co.uk, sponsors of the Race Hour. back to the race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk uh straight into november meeting at cheltenham before the break of course we covered off friday in case you were listening to this in good time uh, before the racing got underway on friday um but let's get into saturday's action first race we're going to talk about is the 145 uh, which is the arco challenge trophy trial um i'm going to come to Stephen cass here first because i reckon he's got something probably quite nasty to say around the top of the market but i could be guessing no, you'd be
2: guessing. Do you not remember last year I was Tommy's Oscars' biggest fan? Yeah, I remember D. Uh, it wasn't the, the horse the I was referred yeah. to in
1: my head. No, I know you like Tommy's. Yeah.
2: I, I wonder who you're, talking, who you're talking about. Mon morale. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, well, I did. I actually, I, I loved him last year, you know, as a champion hurdle horse, and that didn't materialise. But I think you'd have to see him go and do it now. Uh, the way I see the market is Tommy's Oscar is basically the best horse here and i hadn't actually even spotted he was running over fences I, I hadn't looked at this race and then last night i was like oh he actually ran over fences i was going to leave him alone thinking he was kind of 11 to 4 or 5 to 2 without a run and you wouldn't know how he'd run and he went to carlisle um now he was given 138 rated horse there at geronimo 17 pounds and he beat him like he, he basically ran to 150 something like straight away over fences and his jumping was just unbelievable like, incredible. So, Tommy's Oscar is the best horse in the race. He's a brilliant jumper of a fence. Um, Penton Hills hasn't jumped fences. Banbridge would be too slow for two miles. Mon Morale has to go and show that he is the horse they all thought he was. And probably the rest of them aren't quite good enough. Um, so, yeah, Tommy's Oscar.
1: I completely agree with that, which is rare. Um, I did think... I was surprised oh, he wasn't favourite... I know. <laughs> I was surprised he wasn't favourite, to be honest. Um, I really thought Banbridge might um, might put up to him, but this two-mile distance is not the right one. It's a national hunt chase horse, for sure. They're getting a, a nice spin round um, with a few horses at Cheltenham. Is all they're doing, Demar. Um Yeah, look,
0: Tommy's Oscar is the best of these, but uh, he has, still has to answer that question whether or not he likes Cheltenham at all. I mean, the um, I understand he was probably out of his, his grade a little bit, but he did not handle Cheltenham at all in that... Uh, that champion hurdle. Um, so, like, for me, the trainer and owner was very against running him at Cheltenham up until the point that he just improved to such a point that they had to go. But the trainer kept saying this horse is a flat, uh, like a flat track horse, so I would be concerned about that. I'd be concerned about Mon Morale. Banbridge c- couldn't agree more with Cass. Pentland Hills, he, he has a wind his name, which is just hilarious because that was a walkover. Glorian Fortune run a bet for hurdle. I'm kind of I'd be going a tiny bet on uh, Soul Pretender here. He actually ran well enough last time over this course or, over this course and distance at um, at Cheltenham last time, uh, beaten by S- Strawfan Jack. It was a decent horse. um Astrid Meadow in second. Lead tree out, kind of fell away, but then really stayed on again. So this. This distance won't be an issue. I'd maybe tamper with how he was ridden that time, maybe kind of ride him a small bit more back. But he's a decent horse. Tommy's Oscar, if he handles Cheltenham, he wins this race. Uh, but the rest of them, I'm not mad about. So sole pretender there at 20 to 1, considering that this lad beat the over hurdles. He, he He's a decent enough horse now on his day. And um, 20 to 1 is far too big, considering he has that Cheltenham chase experience from his very
1: last run then. Okay, taking a chance with Soul Pretender against top of the market. There is Dermot Nolan. Uh, Pat, what do you what do you make of this?
3: I'm probably going to go Banbridge lads because, I mean,
1: two miles, Paddy. Well,
3: two miles. I mean, he he won over, he won over two miles back in January of this year, and that was over hurdles as well. So, you know, I wouldn't just class this horse as you know a, an out and out boat. Um, I know they were very positive on him at Gorham, but over two and a half. But I would imagine that's because they were just really confident in how this fella schooled, Obviously, he had the point to point experience as well. I just think pure ability could could get him out, or you know, over the other side here because I mean Tommy's Oscar he did jump absolutely mustard at Carlisle and he's a proper man of a horse but he just he struck he struggled to handle the atmosphere didn't he when he went to the festival and he bombed out uh Morale, you know he, he, his form last season just wasn't great I think it's fair to say but form of the yard would would be you know, really knocking him on the head is probably a brave shout. But um, I'd imagine that's why the only reason he's pitched in as favourite here because what he showed us, you know, the last time we've seen him was definitely underwhelming. So I'm going to go Bambridge to hope that... John Joe Slevin, JJ, should I say, can be positive on him.
1: JJ, yeah.
3: And and just j- just let him rock and roll because you know if he jumped around Gorn at the first time of asking and he was good on his feet, that's probably good enough for me. And because of the fact that it's it's at the minimum, you might just get a little bit a bit more meat on the bone price wise.
1: Yeah, you certainly will. You certainly will. It's the only thing putting me off back in him because I'm a big fan of the horse. I think National Hunt chases is going to be his thing. So if he can win it two miles at Cheltenham, it opens up loads of other options for them as well. Um, I'd kind of prefer him to rock in second and set himself up for what's to come later in the season. Okay. Um, the next race on the card um, is the Paddy Power Gold Cup. Always one of the best punting puzzles of the season. Uh, one of those early ones that we all like to try and get right. Um, I think I'm going to go to Dermot Nolan here first and see what he fancies in the Paddy Power. Um demo, take it away. There's um there's a big field to go
0: at. Yeah, Dean, this race has fucking broken my head all altogether all week. <laughs> um I'm literally going through it and going through it. And it's uh I thought I'd landed on one and that was a non runner and then thing. But so I kinda decided to go at this with trends um as kind of what a better way to do it because French Dynamite is the most talented of these horses, I believe. I think that the form that he carries in from his last time, but he's a bit of a, he's a bit dodgy in a finish and his jumping at Punchestown wasn't all that great either. Um, as But he he really does, it's a lot of trend Bar, a huge one, that all of the last 14 winners of this race um, had run at the course at least twice. And the, mm-hmm. the 54 that didn't do that um, have struggled to to even place uh, 14 of the last 14 winners had 0-3 handicap wins um, 14 again of the last 14 winners only had about 2 handicap chase wins um, the uh, 13 of the last 14 had 10 or less runs in handicaps Unfortunately basically Nobody fits Fits the perfect Trends picture But the one who comes Very very close And I can't believe Where I've landed Is Galahad Goddamn quest. quest um, He's a horse <laughs> That Dean You've been You've been on him For a long time I'm uh, I've been exhausted By him A typical year Where entries Are normal and everything else, because the um entries across the board just aren't aren't as great as they once were. A horse rate at 131 probably shouldn't really be getting into a handicap like this, but anyway. I'm he's amazed in. he's got in. Yeah, he's in, racing off 10 stone tree, he ticks an awful lot of the trends, Um, even his rating kind of suits. So he'd be the first one, the money's come now, so 11 to 1. probably. Smashed. Yeah, absolutely smashed, but he has to go and do it now. This is the last time that I'll, I'll ever talk, it's only the second time I've probably backed him ever anyway, but it's the definitely the last time. And then the other one who was just too big a price at 16 to 1 is Editeard de Geet uh, with uh, Niall Hoolan claiming £3. Loves... Loves the course. Loves everything about it. He might just be the very best of these, but that trend, Dean, around needing at least two runs at Cheltenham, I know a very good horse could undo that, but that takes out French Dynamo, G.A. Law, it takes out Il Rodoto, Midnight River, it takes out a good few of them. Of course, if any of them are good enough to do it, they will do it, but... Um, course experience has been huge in this race so I'm going to stick with two here that have that in abundance in Galahad Quest and edit here the Geek
1: yeah, you only need one of those, Demo. You know which one it is. I'm going to go to, uh, to to Paddy Aspel now. Pick the bones out of the Paddy Power Gold Cup,
3: please. Yeah, I have second Fav here for me, lad, Stolen Silver. He is a good bit more exposed, maybe, I think it's fair to say, than some of the others in this lineup. But he just ticks enough boxes for me. Sam Thomas, it'd be interesting to see, maybe on the day, how well-punted he is, because certainly the ones in these colours, if they do fancy them, they get stuck in. Uh, but he's got, he's got the course form, distance form, that's probably the biggest box he's got to take here he is up to a mark of 150 but for a seven year old he's got a fair bit of experience jumping fences now boys he's had nine goals but I just like the course record a win and a couple of places from six starts and Sam Twiston knows this fella very well he's gonna have to probably step forward again to beat this lot but the fact that he is only a seven year old he might just be capable of doing that I just think He's a little bit more battle-hardened than one or two of the others, albeit that bit more exposed. But this was a tricky one. I mean, of the 16 runners, you could give chances to definitely a few of these. But he was the one I came down on for a yard that's had a pretty reasonable start.
1: Yep, fair play. Won a big weekend, a big race at the weekend, of course, uh, just gone by. Stone and silver for Paddy. Certainly one of the uh, market prominent runners in the race. I'm going to come for a bit of sense before I blow it all out the water with Stephen Gass.
2: Um, yeah, the one The one. I'm going to tip, I'm not a million percent sure he'll run, Midnight River. Skelton was making noises during the week that he'd want loads of rain to, to even run. So I was a little surprised he was declared. And I thought, and this might be a tip for the December Gold Cup, let's say they take him out, that they'll wait for yeah. the December equivalent. Um. Sure. But i i if he does run i think you could take it as a big positive it's not that the ground is a problem he just goes well in soft ground but i mean he won on good ground the last time he's, he's absolutely fine in the ground uh, i just think this horse is growing up um he's after coming to himself skeleton was always a li- he was a little windy on him that he he's absolute ton of ability he was a very good novice hurdler um he was actually going really well in the grade one at entry, won by a high senior wasn't out of that race by any means when he fell maybe the second last it was, possibly the third last, but uh, that was down to a two, three-horse race then, and he was traveling away. What I like about him uh, is that he's well able to hold his position in these in these well-run races. You remember that race of Warwick, the, the novice hurdle, he was handy in that. Um, the last day when he won, uh, I think it was Stratford, or wherever he won anyway, said, yep, one, yep. yeah, yeah, one of them tracks, he, I, he was only out for a spin, because they, they kind of held him up out the back, which wouldn't be his running, and there was four or five of them there turning in now the race did fall apart a little bit but it wasn't a bad race and he just blew them all away his jumping has become so good and he can travel and this race i always think you need to be cool Cody's going to go off a million as he always does and you're going to be able to you you have to hold your ground sit in second third or fourth that's where the winner's going to come from that's why i think french dynamite strike might struggle and and get out of his ground galahad quest the same i'm not sure he can hold his, his his posse um there's a lot of them like that. Stolen Silver. I'm not sure he's fast enough either. So I think Midnight River is the one that can sit second or third, like Midnight Shadow did last year. Um, he's the with the class. Uh, I think he can definitely be a one fifty horse. So, uh, hopefully he'll run, and I think he'll win.
1: Midnight River, then for Stephen Casson, a good case made. Um, interesting point you make about the the prominence of um the lights of a French style and even uh, Galahad Quest. When Galahad Quest ran in this last year, I, he was put completely out the back, stayed on to fifth in mean, what I think was a far superior quality of, uh, of the race. Um, maybe actually that might be a stretch, maybe not far superior, but I thought it was a better race for sure. Um, a similar run like that and not left out of his ground like he was uh, that day under David Noonan, who's you know kept the ride all the way through some pretty disappointing spins, I think. Um, I think I think he'd be banging the mix. Getting enough 1-3-1 is a gift. He shouldn't even be in the race. So they really have done... Um, have <laughs> been given a very lucky um, edge into this race, I think. The one I'm concerned about is Il Rodoto, who's just had a wind-up, a uh, little pocket rocket for Paul Nichols. Only five, but there is a touch of the Froden's about this horse, I think, the way it jumps. And i um, be interested to see what that does with a wind-up. Only off 140. I am concerned about Il Rodoto. But I do think if Galahad Quest gets... Um, Anything like a, a, a positive ride here. Already had that run run under its belt behind Flickervoyer at Chepstow, uh, where I think actually without a fallen horse in front of it might have won that day. Um, so they've been very lucky to get in off 1 3 1. And uh, that is the best bet of the weekend, but it's already been smashed and it's uh, being backed before my eyes. Let's move on to the 255, which is the big handicap hurdle that follows that um, Paddy Power Gold Cup. And Stephen Cass, I'll let you go first. Are you going to try and score a goal with Shearer? One of the worst puns I'll ever make <laughs> on the, the race.
2: He looks a bit leery to me. Um, Wouldn't have a strong opinion in the, in this race. Just very quickly, I thought, oh, God, his price is going there now, I see. Uh, on the blind side, was 14. There's only a little mm. bit of 10 to 1 left. He won the race two years ago. Uh, his best run last season was his first run. Or he second in a grade two. If he can run to that, yep. he'll win this, whether he can or not as a 10-year-old. I don't know. Um but yeah, I thought on the blind side might be worth a small bet, but nothing nothing too uh positive.
1: Yeah, Nico De Boyneville, Nicky Henderson, now ten, of course, on the blind side, but maybe that first time back. Uh there is money for it though. I've seen twelves disappear, elevens disappear, tens has gone around nine to one, maybe. Uh, around you uh, might get a bit of double figures for that one, uh, Paddy. Why don't we come to you for the handicap hurdle that follows the Paddy
3: bar? Yeah, I couldn't see past year, if I'm honest, lads. Um, okay. You know, he's only a six year old still. Um, I think these the the McNeils, as far as ownership goes, uh, I think they do really well with what they get their hands on, and don't they? Yeah, you know, and, and I just think that consistency that they have with Heskin as their their stable jockey or their retained rider because he's such a solid jockey. He really is, you know. There's there, there's not many could point out the, the mistakes that Heskin makes. He just seems very switched on, you know, tactically and you know. And he looks after these horses, so they last, you know. Um, and Shearer's looking to get the hat trick up. He's another one who's who's won over right. C and D. I mean, look, he has gone up through the ranks pretty quickly. Um, one yeah. three nine. Um, but I think he's open to more progress. I, I'm delighted that that Nicky declared on the blind side because you know it does just keep the weights down for one or two of these because I wanted to give Sam Drinkwater's horse a mention as well. Fontana Elise, a horse by Sindar. He's another six year old, and I just think there could be I won't say a big pot in him because I don't think he'd be good enough to win this, but I reckon he could be. He could sort of be on the scene and pick up. A little bit of each way money, Robbie Dunn and, and Sam drink water. But as far as the winner goes, I think Sheer in the back of the net for me, boys.
1: Hey, we're getting some value out of this horse. Um, okay, Sheer for Paddy. Uh, Demo. Uh,
0: yeah, very quickly. Um, I'll be chanting one at a small go here. Would just be uh, Liznagar Oscar, who's been way out of form, but just this like... is an
1: interesting runner here, Demo. And I'm glad you're going to make a case because I was going to try. Yeah, because but
0: but just like uh Steven's very good point about on the blind side, if you look back, Lizing Gore Oscar's best run most seasons, um Barr obviously when he won the Stairs hurdle, is is his first run. He's only nine, he has to come back eventually. He just has to come back to some bit of form. And this is a Stairs hurdle winner. Um and he's rated hundred and forty two with Rob James claiming another seven pounds off. Uh I think sixteen to one is uh is it's just very good value to, to find out whether or not the, the horse. Is still there, Dean. He he doesn't need to improve at all to um to run a huge race off effectively 135, you know?
1: Yeah, can run below his best at, as long as he finishes. <laughs> and um, and it would be a bit. Yeah, mix, yeah I think. that's the problem. Yeah, he's got more letters <laughs> yeah. than numbers at
0: the moment, unfortunately. But yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Um a very interesting runner. And they are persisting, you know, he's not going anywhere else. This is a kind of race that you'd expect him to figure well in if he was in any kind of health. Um yeah, certainly can't put you off that, and I'd probably make a similar case. Although you did it for me, uh, Dembo, you can go first with the handicap hurdle three thirty on Saturday. Uh, two mile fives in front of them, and uh, I think Nikki Henderson's got a pretty live one here with Wise Guy, likely to be a favourite.
0: Yeah, definitely um, serious race, um, but the one that I I kind of liked here was um, La Perfecto for Colin Murphy. He's um, he's a trainer really coming back. Brian Hayes is always saying when I'm talking to him every week about the the blog, just that he's he's got a few very very nice ones down there. And um, Great this, to have him back. this horse beat Snugsborough Benny last time. alistole in in as competitive a handicap really. The Irish the Irish handicaps are just so competitive. Liam McKenna keeps the ride. He's down to a five pound claimer right now. So look, he's not as well in obviously as he was that day, but it's, it's still Irish handicap form and it's very, very strong. Wise guy could be excellent, could be, could be way beyond that mark. And of course we have to accept that that could happen, but LA perfecto looked to me like a horse who was coming really, um, into form. And this mayor just really did. She looked fantastic. And Colin Murphy's last two runners, the winner with impervious second as well. He's just, he's really, he's pumping it. And, uh, for the want of a better phrase there. But the, um, <laughs> yeah, um, LA Perfecto to me at six to one looks looks very decent value.
1: Okay. Cole Murphy, he wouldn't send many over because he doesn't have too many to operate with these days, but a very fascinating runner um, in that 3.30 at Cheltenham. Uh, Stephen Cass.
2: Oh, really, really, really fancy one of this uh, unanswered Ooh. who is just thrown in. Um, like he, he's, he's gone from, uh, sorry, can we start again there?
1: Yeah, yeah, this was the Galway barking horse, Stephen. I've lost my was barking notes. about this.
2: Yeah, sorry, 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 sorry. So unanswered, like he did well at Galway, finished second twice. Um,
1: since he's kind he was of supposed to win both times, though. Yeah, That's but he ran, he ran really good races,
2: and he did. Like, he did. He's now rated seventy-five on the flat. Um, he's running here off one hundred and eleven. Like he progressed from forty-six to seventy-five in the flat. Three wins, two seconds, and a good fifth and a good Kara handicap. Uh, big thing with him here is he's he's up and trip so his last start over hurdles uh was Punchtown in may over two miles and if you watch back that race he was about 10th turning in and it's not a long run into the and he just kept he stayed on stayed on stayed on um one won easily i know for a fact he kind of wasn't expected to go here uh he was a bigger price than he should have been anti-post um i actually cashed out of a bet this morning when i know someone who knows breslin his owner said is he going to run now i i I backed him cashed out for bloody 70 percent of my stake um at a big price and now now he's running and i've had to back him at a shorter price again but it's still a good price because i think he should be three four to one favorite and there's still seven or eight out there um i know that uh he was going to go to Navin on sunday or nace whichever one is sunday to a two mile handicap because breslin sponsors there but Tony Martin rang him and said, I want to go to Cheltenham Sunday, up and trip, or Saturday, up and trip. This, that's the race for this horse. Uh, so I just think he's any amount in hand, you know. He's he's improved so much over uh, on the flat. He's a good hurdler, uh, 111. He's definitely a 120-something horse, no problem. So I think he should be the jolly.
1: Love it. Love it. And answered very confident shout for Tony Martin and Peter at uh, the five-year-old in that 330 at Cheltenham. Paddy, we didn't come to you yet on this race. Give us your thoughts.
3: Yeah, I was thinking exactly along the same lines as Cass, to be honest. Lads. Um, real, real interest in horses. I mean, Cass is absolutely bang on. He absolutely rubbered home at Punchestown that day. It was incredible. And even the way the, the the amount of horses he had to pass and the ground he made up, he still quickened away from the back of the last. It was it was an incredible performance. And even the run up the curra at the end of October there, like they dropped him well out with 10 stone and I know he finished fifth, but he was only beaten just over a three lengths. It was a hell of a run. Um, and, you know, as mark has gone up to mid seventies on the level. And I just think there could definitely be scope for improvement because altogether, he's not had many goals doing the hurdling job this fella. And ha- how many goals that he's actually had that he's trying, I think we've only seen the one. Um, so it could be very, very interesting. And obviously you see Tony Martin with, Runners in the Breslin colors, they're always a, that bit of mystery about them, isn't there? And this fella, yep. there could definitely be a little bit more room to maneuver. I think.
1: Sounds like the mystery about this particular Breslin runner for Tony Martin has been removed on this podcast, which I love. Um, so unanswered, uh, a big fancy there for the two boys in the 330. at Cheltenham, I was going to waffle my way through some kind of um case to be made for wise guy, but uh, I'm, I'm quite happy to uh, to not bother after that. Um, it's only that I think it's a, it's a nice horse going forward, but there might be something uh, with a little bit too much up its sleeve in there. And Denver, of course, made a case for El Perfecto. That was Saturday at Cheltenham. It's um, going to be a cracking day's racing, but of course, the, the racing is Friday, Saturday, and Sunday um, at the Cheltenham November meeting. And we rock into the Schler Chase, 145 on Sunday. Um, I think I'll come to Stephen Cass here first. Edward Stone, Nubra Negra, Editor de Geet, if it doesn't run elsewhere, Numitor, size and Ganapathy, who's changed stable, I think that was with Willie Mullins, and Daily Tiger. A few rags here, Stephen, but what do you make of the top of the market?
2: Yeah, it looks it looks a match, um, and I think the market is the wrong way around. I think Nubra Negra, fresh, he's got the best form, uh, he loves Cheltenham, he's a second in a champion chase, and won this race last year. Um, you know, Edward Stone hasn't really beaten anything, uh, even though he's an article winner. Uh, They're the same age. It's not like Edward Stone's going to progress past him. I don't think he's been on the go a long time as well. And I think Nube Negra should be favourite. That said, he's a little bit soft, so I'm not really getting involved. But of the two, definitely Nube Negra.
1: I completely agree with you. I don't know. There's not even, like, really much upside in an eight-year-old Edward Stone as there would be with Nube Negra, who's done more already at the same age. I just, I couldn't understand the market there, demo.
0: Yeah, couldn't agree more. Uh, Nube Negra should 100% be the favourite. I, uh... I can't quite figure it out at all. Um, so I won't be, as Cass said, at those prices still, I wouldn't be getting involved. But if I was having an unbelievable weekend and I was going to be punting on one of them, uh, it would 100% be New Negra.
1: Yeah, totally agree. Paddy, are you going to make this a hat-trick?
3: Yeah, definitely, lads. Um, I wouldn't go against New Negra. I've always been been a fan, as I have of Edward Stone. And I think I was at of entry the day he, he finished behind Gentleman to me. And he just looked like he'd maybe left it behind him a little bit in the Arkle, you know. Had enough. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, he still ran very, very well. I just think on the day, Gentleman to me was given an absolute peach of a ride and he he just met a horse on a going day and he came up a little bit short here. But the fact Nuber Negra seeing Dan Skelton with these horses fresh, he likes to do the damage early doors and, and, and then see what he has left at the back end of the season. But Nuber Negra for me, such a strong traveller. Good jumper. I just think he's going to have uh, have too much for these.
1: Yeah, wholeheartedly agree uh, with everybody here on this Nubra Negra. has got the better form, already a champion chase horse. You can't imagine Edward Stone uh, would get up to those heights, especially after what happened at Aintree. A uh, gentleman to me would be far, um, well, I think more likely to do it for a champion chase pitcher uh, as we go through this season. And uh, as, as Stephen Cass was saying, um, off air before in the green room if you want to call it that this is probably Nube Negra's main target now whether it's a big betting race or not for anyone to get involved in uh, it does look a bit of a match and I think the market and we think the market is probably the wrong way round uh, 255 is the Unibet Greatwood handicap hurdle a bit like the Paddy this one of the great punting puzzles to solve in the early salvos of the season um, Stephen Cass I'll let you solve it first
2: I can't, I can't solve, solve the winner ah. I think I can tell you what's not going to win um... yep I, oh God, I went through this race and I hadn't a clue. And it's not a race of a good record in anyway, so I was kind of coming at it. And it is hard. Yeah, it's, it's a hard old race. But anyway, um, I'd be friends with Paul Byrne. We used to work together. And I texted Paul and I said, well, I'm going to the Race Hour podcast, Paul. What about this horse? And he said that, uh, he said, look, we have not a penny on it. He said it worked awful on Thursday. Um, and he said they don't really fancy it. So Go. that's, you know, it's being backed. Just the fact it, it probably will run. Oh, All in so... All it's easy. not like it's not like the yeah, well, yeah, I, I don't know
1: whether to take that as a positive or a yeah, negative yeah, word, that's right? not I, all I, I actually
2: it. said to him you're going to get two points bigger now after I say this on the podcast when they shove it out you know it's pure ramping and then he forwarded me he said he said you know, give laughy smiley cry face and forwarded me a text from Emmett about the horse working badly so he was like just in case I'm accused of ramping
1: he has that saved in his phone there <laughs> everyone, <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> just just fucking change the name oh, there yeah, actually,
2: yeah. like it, Paul, like everyone thinks Paul is like shady I wouldn't tell you answer but he'd be really open. I remember when um, the shunter, well, I, I think I was on that podcast and didn't even text Paul and see about the horse or whatever with, with you guys. And, uh, after he, after he, he, I texted him after the podcast. He said, no, do back it. And straight away, he was straight up. Yeah, we'll go to Kelso then and we'll do this and this. And this is months in advance. He told me on the Monday, he was running to Kelso to back him on the Saturday. And sure. Of course I didn't. And he was 10 to one on the Monday, I think. Went yeah. Off six to four, two to one, or whatever. and one, no, yeah, there's no like, miss. there's no cloak and daggers really with them. Like, they just you know, if they're trying, they're ah, trying. How will you and... stop? Come on, ah, come yeah, on, yeah. So. <laughs> no, there is. Well, <laughs> for God's sake, <laughs> there was a shunter that one time,
0: Sorry. it was done under the knot. You're talking out both sides of your face. There, come on, right. <laughs> after both all stay. of that,
1: after all of that, Stephen Cassie, you just said, thousand tears will not win
2: but after all that yeah you have to cut all this out paul said we're not allowed to say anything so. <laughs> no i'm only joking i'm only joking staying in staying he in. he won't mind he won't mind yeah so that that's just a little bit of insight into the jolly um i'd be avoiding like it i, I and dad's lad now he has a good mark over hurdles compared to um fences i thought that he would even have won maybe in the stall when he was fifth he just got there too soon and what they learned from him that day was uh they really held on to him Cheltenham as long as they could you could see Brian Hayes pulling him back pulling him back pulling him back so I'd say he'll be given a little creeping ride get into it and of the two Irish I'd much prefer Dad's Lad I wonder has Dermot talked to Brian Hayes yet is he going over is he going to run
0: yeah yeah he's uh, very sweet he did a piece of work earlier on this week uh, uh, a very nice piece because they just weren't sure whether uh, he'd done enough this summer maybe uh, coming into the winter but uh, no shown in. No ill effect. His improvement needs to stop at some point, but not off that mark and he can mix it very well. Brian was really looking forward to him.
2: Yeah, he's a great nice. chance. Yeah,
0: really, really looking forward to him. So yeah, no, that was exactly the same as myself. Um, the Thousand steer stuff is... Is fascinating just because uh, Paul and Emmett are two absolute geniuses. So when they do fancy one, um, they do properly go at one. So that, but that is fairly obvious that every single and horse.
1: this one's been been smashed, but they don't fancy it. Yeah, so but every they're, horse, they're Emmett, to be off.
0: fair, it, the one thing I will say back know, in that, because I know, I know. they are yeah. like that whole thing, they're open enough, like cash like if I said that about another owner, Cas would tear me apart in this fucking podcast. But the uh, like I open
2: enough. If you know, him biggest him load of shite piece. I've ever heard in
0: my life. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it, he'd tear me from cheek to cheek now if I said that about somebody else. But uh, the um, <laughs> the the one thing that I will say though is is that in fairness to them, every single horse of theirs is going off uh, prices that 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 they just shouldn't. Yeah, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. because that's of okay. how how shrewd they are. So I'd say when Thousand Stars was entered up, that's exactly. Sorry, uh, tears. That was exactly what happened there. So that's. That is fair. Uh, Dads, lads, my main one. Um, and then the more you kind of go back down through the field, there's a load of these that kind of that could improve massively. Uh, Cormier is interesting just because, obviously, he's uh, for a trainer who absolutely loves this race, has gone very well here um, at Cheltenham, and obviously has has won this race before, I believe, hasn't he? Um, I think, anyway. Um, Nietzsche, Nietzsche, Nietzsche won it.
1: Nietzsche won it. Nietzsche won it. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yep.
0: but... Um, He's far too far too big a price. Not Ben Bromley claiming seven. He's a very, very good young jockey. Um so he's another one. But yeah, no, happy to go all in there, Dean, on uh, on Dad's lad.
1: Okay, Dad's lad, um well, preferred by the two the two gents there. Stephen uh, no huge opinion on the race, but dad's lad. I find it I find it hard to think that that horse can can go busy all the way through the summer and then still get involved in a, in a Greatwood, but it was a decent enough performance. Um just last time, of course, in the October meet. So, Paddy, over to you.
3: I was with the Nichols horse here, lads, Sonny Gino. Um, I think if you just look down to his profile, I'd say Nichols' head was wrecked with his horse last year. He didn't manage to win with him, um, you know, but he started off having come from France off a mark of 1-2-8 and then he started off this season because he had such a poor year off one nineteen. but that return run at Chepstow, he was far too keen he still managed to win and then at Chepstow the last day with 11 stone both his wins this time round have come at Chepstow 11 stone 10, absolutely dotted up by 13 lengths and you just hear Nichols he keeps praising back and saying about this season, he's made a few tweaks and a few changes, just in general with how he's training these horses which is incredible really he is up to 133 but he's only a 5 year old this fella I definitely think he's he's in a good place at the minute so I'll take Sonny Gino here
1: Sonny Gino for Paddy. Uh, Paul Nichols, of course, Harry Cobden already booked for the Greatwood on Sunday. Um, I was going to give I Like to Move It a chance there. I know he's got to go off the, uh, of the very top here for the Twist and Davies team, um, but I think he's a horse that can step into condition company and he will have to do that if he goes and wins uh, a Greatwood here. Uh, obviously, loves Cheltenham. There was the disappointment behind State Man at the festival, but they've been busy enough up to that point. Um, I think I Like to Move It. There'll be a bit more to come. Um, for the twisting camp, and I, I'd probably be going there, although this is a horrible puzzle to try and solve. There is lots of other racing on around over the weekend, uh, notably, of course, at Nace and Navan in Ireland. Um, Stephen, did you have anything else you want to throw into the mix for the weekend?
2: No, honestly, no. I was too busy looking at those races to, to get looking at the Irish stuff even. I know I can't wait to see Fernie Hollow on Sunday.
1: Of course. Uh, yeah.
2: But nothing in terms of recommending a bit.
1: No, that's fine. We've got like the likes of Gentleman Demi with Fernie Hollow out. Um, there are some uh whichever ones are out this week. Um, Riviera Rivier Dattel is running, of course, and that same is Florent Porter is up uh, in one of the stayers contests, damn it.
0: Yeah, look, it's a serious uh weekend of racing. Um even Bob Nace, Even Nason Saturday was was just yeah, the all the cars are just it's that type of weekend as Don McLean said last weekend um, it's just Best. the weekends really yeah. start rolling into each other because you have to start getting your horses out now really if you want to be uh, flying at the Christmas I just had um, had two to follow for the weekend the brown lad handicap hurdle at Nace which is the um the 130. Uh, this yeah. is a race that has a massive um drop from the top of the handicap down to the bottom and it's one down at the bottom that I'm interested in in chancing um, up at the top I'm not mad about the top of it. i've always liked duffel coat but he, he's just not winning and cashback looks like a horse who, who's away who's just not near kind of or he's, he's dropping a grade he's he's high enough even the likes a watch house cross there who, who won a leprechaun last christmas he's he's been struggling as well so um as much as the top of the market are better horses and um, there's two in this first of all bowl getaway he'll probably go off at a decent price, he caught my eye the last day. Now under Charlie O'Dwyer at Galway, uh, finished seventh, but he was way too far out the back, and he just looked like now he he was a horse in bumpers that was that was decent enough. Todd of and off ten stone nine, uh, Ball Getaways won. and the other one who could well go off at a very big price is Wellington Hill for Margaret M- uh, Mullins and Kieran Callahan. And um, this horse won by a short head under Danny at Gorham Park, but it was a real Danny special. It was it was just a brilliant ride um and just kind of barely got up as a result kind of got a mark of 118 but i just think mightn't be a whole, whole lot should be a bit better than that mark and Kieran Callan takes 7 pounds off so effectively this horse is running 9 stone something so there's an awful lot of upside there i think Wellington Hill off um in that race the 130 and the other horse is a horse that i put up to follow um for the season running the 220 at cheltenham um is fantastic is running over three miles and three yeah. and a half for the Twiston davis's this is a horse who definitely has more more wins in him i hope does he no runs because he'll keep the weights down but i'd still fancy him anyway and at nine to two fantastic is a horse for me who can definitely take advantage of that mark 142 i personally wouldn't be kind of wasting this mark in a race maybe of there probably is higher value races but look it it's a win at Shelton, but I think Fantasticas. I think everything else in that race has, an, has a, a ton to do to beat this horse. So, in the two twenty at Sundo, uh, uh, on Sunday, <laughs> at Sundo, <laughs> on Sunday at Sunday on Sunday at Shelton, I'm very very keen on Fantasticas.
1: I thought you had a tip for Southall there. I was getting <laughs> confused, but no, Fantasticas. Of course, one of those horses you mentioned on the podcast uh, just last week as one to follow, and then you mentioned Watch House Cross, uh, Wellington Hill. I don't know which house quite. I apologise, there. A bold getaway. The Gordon yeah, Elliott uh, horse in the 130 <laughs> with Wellington Hill as well for Max Mullins uh, in that race at Nace on Saturday. Okay, Paddy, uh, last word to you and any other horses for the weekend before I come to the naps.
3: I'm hoping that John McConnell, lads, will bring over Fenner Cross for the Supreme Trial. Um, yeah. on Sunday I mean he would have a little bit to do on the ratings with a few of these but I thought on his second start the way he got the job done here over C&D last time I think he, like, he's got a funny old page This, I mean he's by Elzam out of a whipper mare. he really shouldn't be doing what he's doing Um, but after a good debut over hurdles I thought he got the job done very very nicely the last day and I just thought it was interesting because of one to one John McConnell could go handicap with this fella tomorrow. So, interesting that he's pitched him in here in, in, into deeper water. Uh, hopefully, he does bring him over on Sunday. So, yeah, cross will be in the uh, in the Supreme trial.
1: Okay. And his darts are uh, hitting the bullseye when he is bringing them over, of course. All right, let's do the naps for the weekend. Stephen, Cass, you go first.
2: Uh, unanswered in the 3.30 on Saturday at Cheltenham
1: unanswered for Stephen Cassis, his nap of the weekend across that November meeting uh, Dermo, you're up next
0: um, in the 2.20 at Cheltenham on Sunday
1: Fantasticas lovely Fantasticas joins unanswered for anyone right knees down uh, Paddy Aspel give us yours
3: I'm going Nuber Negra lads I think you guys are bang on to just the market have got this and the fav the wrong way around so Nuber Negra first run of the season
1: yeah, I can't disagree with that. I think that has a massive chance, and so did all the panel. And, of course, you don't need to be told that my nap of the weekend is Galahad Quest in the Paddy Bauer Gold Cup. I think, pretty sure, I napped it on this podcast for the race last year, and it came fifth. Um, <laughs>
0: we were on a really, uh, really solid looking lucky, uh, lucky 15. There.
1: <laughs> and now it's got even more solid, Demo. That's what you're about to say. Um, yeah, he's absolutely thrown in. Shouldn't be in the race, but it's not the greatest renewal. And uh, I think they'll... Uh, Go and get it done. This horse uh, does owe a few of us, no more than me, though, of course. And uh, that's us on the Race Hour podcast this week. My thanks go to Stephen Cass, Paddy Aspel, and Dermot Nolan. But before I do let you go, don't forget that the Tote 10 to Follow gets kicked off this weekend. If you are going to get involved, I'm going to make sure that Dermo sticks it up on the Race Hour. We'll have a little mini league in play with the tote and all the details will be on the twitter thank you everyone for joining us this week you've been listening to the race Hour. we'll do it all again next week you've been listening to the race hour brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk your best bet for tips news and bookmaker reviews